Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Zero season two episode seven starts right now. I am actually kind of shocked by the fact that a Spider-Man featurette dropped right as soon as we started the show. We're actually seeing if we can get that uh, uploaded so we can. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. It just dropped when we started the show, so we're going to see if we can all just watch that together for the first time on the show. Uh, we have a big show today. I'm your host, Brandon Davis, joined today by Jenna Anderson. Hey, everybody. We got Aaron Perrine in the virtual building. It's a mid-credits scene today, BD. That's right. Mm-hmm. It's pre-credits. <laughs> <laughs> How what? trailers used to work. How trailers used to work back in the day. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so if that's how today's going. You know that, like, after this show, they're gonna like drop a thing like Brad Pitt has been cast <laughs> in so as as Iron Man. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> I do have word that we're getting that that trailer in here. Um, so we'll get to that in a second. We actually have a lot of MCU news talk, to talk about today. And at the end of the show, we're going to t- talk about, we're going to have a little debate uh, about, you know, which Marvel movies we don't all agree on. And I'll just leave it at that. Uh, so let's just get to the news real quick. Okay. So we got a uh, Thor Love and Thunder Lego set uh, coming out soon in April. Uh, but we get product images, which means you get kernels of that sweet, sweet lore goodness that you all want, really, really want, especially because we don't have a trailer, aka Marvel, go ahead and drop that trailer mid uh, podcast too, so we can watch <laughs> that live together for the first time. But we get a first look at Gore the God Butcher and his Necro Sword, which I know a lot of us, uh, including me, uh, were wondering how that was going to go down. Um, for those of you who don't know, Necro Sword is created by Noel, God of the Symbiotes, a.k.a. the source of all the black goop in the <laughs> MCU. It's like last week was planned on purpose. We also get news that uh, Tessa Thompson's Valkyrie is now King Valkyrie which we all kind of suspected, but it's interesting to see her listed as such on the product description. And probably most strangely, in a really tiny detail from the box art, we get how Thor now travels without the Bifrost. Uh, So everybody remembers Stormbreaker, big, big plot point in Infinity War and in Endgame, like, bring me Thanos, we're here, and now... On the goat boat, which I can't wait to see. I know Jenna has been like, that's one of her most anticipated things about this and how weird that's going to be, how Tyke is going to render that on screen. Thor just throws that axe into the front of the boat. Boom. Bifrost action with the two goats running in front of it. Now we can go anywhere. Uh, And also, Eitri said it gets some of the Bifrost. And Peter Dinklage says that maybe he might be back for Thor Love and Thunder. Um, and of course, you know, we need Peter Dinklage with the goats. That's all we really want. Did you guys see? What did you guys think of all this uh toy related goodness? 
it's I, I get it from like the supply chain of it all and the fact that like every movie this year kind of like leapfrogged to the last like last date but it is kind of a bummer that like the first look we are getting at this movie which I've been like so excited to see is in weird promo posters and in merchandising and toys and stuff it's like this always happens I miss the days it, it sounds like it's forever ago but it was literally 2019 of like oh we don't know what Brie Larson's Captain Marvel costume looks like until like Entertainment Weekly drops the cover for it like I miss those days when it was this big fanfare and it's not just in Lego sets but like that being said the Lego set looks really cool gore does not translate into Lego form very well <laughs> like there are certain characters where it is like you you do not belong in a Lego in the way that they're trying to do it and it's like yeah he just he just looks like a dude I don't know but I, I like what we've gotten out of the Lego set. I think it's really cool. And yeah, the goats are amazing. Like just giant goats in the MCU. I am excited to get to that point. And like seeing them in this Lego set just makes me super happy. Yeah, I'm here for the goat boat. Yeah, you're right about gore. I think I, I'm going to buy that set strictly for all of the minifigures it comes with. Mm-hmm. It seems like it has all of like the usually with big Marvel movies, the Lego sets, you like to spread out the minifigures. So you have to buy multiple sets. It looks like this might be the only one for Thor Love and Thunder, which is good for my wallet. Um, <laughs> I'm going to get the goat boat. I love the goats. And uh, yeah, I, 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 I remember like, I think it was Infinity War. They had a whole bunch of Legos that came before any trailer or anything, but they were all so vague. And they also were like, they all kind of had like random plot points from the movie involved, but like in no way that was cohesive for the Lego sets use of them. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I take it all with a grain of salt. Also, uh, after No Way Home's Lego sets, like they're (laughs) all, I think Lego, I think Marvel is just cracking down on keeping secrets from merch. And it seems like they just kind of will build random sets with Lego so that nothing gets revealed early because Lego for a while was revealing like so much about movies before it would be uh, public, but I'm, I'm going to buy that set. I, <laughs> I am. Um, all right. We have the video. We're actually going to, we're going to jump to something here. We have the Spider-Man no way home behind the scenes video. Richard uh, pulled it for us while we were live here. So this is just our first time playing it. Hopefully this works out. Uh, This is my first time watching it as well. Oh, man. The best Marvel movie of all time was the quote on the box. I can respect that. I think Mm -hmm. that's been on multiple boxes. Well, that's a solid solid little teaser. Well, I'm also going to buy that. So that's two things on things you already. (laughs) This is just like QVC, but you are just buying everything that we're showing. You just want want a copy for yourself. There's a lot of cool BTS here. I could watch hours of just them in that like photo shoot, just all palling around with each other. Like they all look like they just need like early aughts pop music playing in the background. Like they're in like a makeover montage in like the Lizzie McGuire movie or something. I love it. This just looks like so much fun. I do want to say, um, why is the cover of the the Blu-ray Doctor Strange and and Spider-Man and not just all three Spider-Mans? Because you want to preserve this secret for like the 2% of people who aren't on the internet and who are just buying it on Blu-ray. Like you still want to kind of do that, I guess. I don't know. No. (laughs) I bet they're on the back. Yeah. I bet you there's pictures of them on the back. I mean, I hear what you're, I, I understand yeah. what you're saying. I could also see them like putting out a steel book later on that is just like, here's all three of them. Nah, I'm only buying one. I'm only buying one. <laughs> For now. Um, no, I won't do it. But I'm but sorry. yeah, so we have that little featurette. They also dropped a photo this morning of them recreating the meme. You all know the meme. It is it's so delightful seeing them do it. I'm I'm about to make it my new phone background. Um, and yeah, it, the movie comes out on digital on March 22nd, and then on Blu-ray and 4K on April 12th. 
Um, the other piece of news this week that has been really interesting is that um, Tom said in an interview that one of the other Spider-Men had a fake butt on set in his uh. costume. Um, that has taken over the internet because people are very curious, which of the two is it? A lot of people think it's Toby, which I, I completely agree with. That's definitely my theory. What do y'all think? I think it's Toby. Toby got that fake peach. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the Photoshop oh on the Phase Zero account drew an unnatural amount of attention. People out here asking <laughs> who made that, and I'm like, guys, I know my name is on the byline. I did not make that. Okay, all right, good talk, Bucky. Bucky stand in the comments says Andrew is cheeked up. Cheeked up. Yeah, uh, we've all. I don't know, Tom. Tom, there's some photos going around on the Tom Holland stand accounts on Twitter that I've seen that really zoom in on Tom's booty too. And I don't, it's, uh, is it real? I don't, I don't, I don't know, but either I'm way, but fan cam. I gotta say, <laughs> if anybody has, <laughs> Tom Holland, but fan cam, I'm sure they're out there. Um, I gotta say as somebody who has, uh, I know there's a lot of people who have done this. If you've ever put on like a, a bodysuit of any kind, let alone a spider, Spider-Man bodysuit that has like lines on it, yeah, those things are not flattering. Like you got to find the angle to look halfway decent in that thing. It leaves nothing up to the imagination, and it really just like shows every line on your everything that you have to offer, even if you don't want to offer it. And uh, so, the, props to them because I was looking at the three of them in that picture, pointing at each other, and I was like, "Damn, these men are all like just at least they're like sure they're not they're a different kind of fit. They're not like Chris Hemsworth, but." I don't know how you keep it, keep your body so tight to be flattered in a Spider-Man suit. Watch, but, they're all just wearing spanks underneath. I it was just about to say, Spider-Man shapewear. Oh, they gotta year. be. They yeah. have to be, right? Like, there's like, I, listen, I, I'm out here working right now, okay? I'm taking, I'm like on a diet. I'm like 2,000 calories a day. I'm dropping a couple pounds a week, but I still know if I turn to the side in a Spider-Man suit, that oh, Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm honest with myself. I know. Not Number one on the list is me. I don't want that. But uh, so props to them for the bravery of making that work um, and the hard work that goes into it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so, wow, nobody wanted the, that, but you got it. Defenders, they're going to Disney Plus in some territories. This news came out this morning. Uh, we don't really know where... They're going to Disney Plus, but we do know when. Jenna added this to the list this morning. Uh, thank you for adding this because I would have totally skipped over. It's been a busy morning. What is going on? I'm still trying to cover the Batman junket and recover from how much I love Peacemaker. And Marvel is like, yo, it's Wednesday. Oh, and Jim just tagged out here. I got to uh -oh. check the Slack. Wait, what What's going on? Uh -oh. What oh, it's the same preview that we okay. already ran on the show. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Right, get together, Biscardi. Wow. Um, <laughs> jail. That, the jail Wi-Fi is low. <laughs> Uh, so the Disney Plus shows, Defenders, Jessica Jones, Daredevil, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, um, Punisher, sure. is that all of them? Yeah. They're going to Disney Plus on March 16th in Canada, as I saw from my friend Rob Keys over at Screen Rant, he tweeted about that, um, and some other territories. But those territories that we know of so far have Hotstar, which is the adult section of Disney Plus. The U.S. doesn't have it. I don't know exactly which territories have it yet. We are reaching out to figure out if we can get like word on this, are they going to Hulu in the U S since the U S doesn't have the adult section of Disney plus, will they take out some of the 
harsher content. Like I was watching, uh, I, there's a tweet from uh, Chio Adari Coker. I want to um, bring it up because he was talking about how he 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 hopes that when these things do go to um, Disney Plus, that they keep them as they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, like uh, he and how um, I'll just find the tweet. But yeah, um, <laughs> which one? Which what was there? While I do this, let's let's fill the air here with everybody's favorite Netflix show. I, I was a Jessica Jones fan, but no, I was just going to say with the whole like moving to Disney plus thing, like I could see them potentially coming over. As we said on the show last week, I, I would hate to have to watch them with ads on Hulu. Like that is just going to be the weirdest thing ever if that ends up happening. But at the same time, it's like, if they do go to Disney plus or to Hulu, I want them to stay the way that they are. I don't want them to be edited. I know I and other people on Twitter have made a lot of jokes this morning about like, what is Mickey Mouse going to think about some of the more salacious stuff in these shows? It's like, Oh yeah, here's, here's Fisk killing a guy with a car door. I don't know if Mickey right. really agrees with that. So it's this thing of like, if we have to have it on Hulu in order to <sighs> get them the way that they were intended, then I'm fine with that. But it does kind of suck to still have the Marvel stuff kind of segmented and have like some of it on Hulu and some of it on Disney. Yeah. This is what uh, Chio Coker, the creator of the Luke Cage series said, rewatching Luke Cage while I can on Netflix. They're going to do what they do. It's theirs. I just hope they don't sit on it for years to allow for an easier reboot or re-air it with a different mix or the N word muted. I'd love to do a commentary tracks or the original credits uh, before we did our more conventional bumpers was Luke Cage. He goes on about it. But I mean, that first tweet really summarizes it. Luke Cage was a pop- very popular show. It's very well made. And it also is very uh, not Disney Plus friendly by what we think Disney Plus is kind of censored, family friendly standards are. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, maybe on March 16th. Yeah. I, I mean, the thing is that this is like at the core of like a lot of their decisions right now too. Cause like Chapik's been I've like, like completely transparent about, I want to make it so that Disney plus isn't just like a family destination. I want it to be the streaming destination for all of this stuff. Like the way that he talks and some of these quotes that he's had in the last month and a half makes it sound like he would just rather have it away with Hulu altogether and have it all live on Disney plus, mm-hmm. um, which I know there are certain segments that would be happy about that. And some segments that wouldn't be so happy about that. And finding that balance is going to probably be a little tricky because we've already had some projects kind of suffer from mm-hmm. this kind of push and pull about what kind of content is going to be in this show or not going to be in the show. All the Lizzie McGuire fans in the chat crying tears and punching at air because that kind of <laughs> evaporated in front of all of us. So yeah. I, I I think Layla's right when she's like, yo, a guy got beheaded on Falcon Winter Soldier. I think <laughs> we can have some of this stuff live on uh, Disney Plus with like a warning beforehand. Yeah. Or yeah, I think that'd be cool. Corner, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like the Mandalorian in like the first five minutes of the show, he like cuts a dude in half with a door. Like there, the it's always just this weird thing with content of like, oh, we can't have a mermaid's butt on Splash, Splash on Disney yeah. Plus, but like we we can have that. So it, I wouldn't be surprised if we eventually get to the point of like Hulu is just a hub on Disney Plus, and then you can get the uh, more adult oriented content that way. Like I don't know at this point, but it it is always just this weird double standard of like what is too much for Disney Plus and what is just going to go on Hulu anyway. Well, there's there's X Men movies that say the f word. Are those on Are those on Disney Plus? Doesn't is the f-word in days of future past is that one on yeah did they censor it i don't know i would actually don't know yeah i don't think they did but i mean but yeah there is a difference in in 
smashing a car door or saying racially insensitive words, I guess, and the F word. So I don't know. We'll see where they, if they, if they have a line right there, if they're willing to put that warning, uh, but we'll see. We'll see. When Mark uh, Spector cuts, cuts, cuts a guy's head off in episode one of Moon Knight, this whole yeah. conversation is going to be irrelevant. Exactly. He just beats the yeah. crap out of somebody to the yeah. point where they're just done on camera. We're going to be like, oh, I think we've solved it. Yep. I, and also, I feel like we continuously act so surprised whenever Disney lets something like that in there. Like when they let a real, like we're all like, like there's just movies and shows that actually address real topics and do it mm-hmm. pretty candidly or honestly in ways that you'd be like, well, Disney's not going to touch that. And then they do. And you're like, wow, I'm surprised. And I feel like we keep coming back to it. It's like, that said, this, the violence and stuff on the Netflix shows is different than anything else I do think is on Disney Plus. So we'll see. I would like it all to be on Disney Plus. I would like Hulu, ESPN Plus, all that stuff to consolidate into one app. And you just have to pay if you want to unlock certain sections. I'm all for that. I'm tired of all the apps. But anyway, <laughs> that's a different conversation. Uh, Ryan Reynolds swears he's not in Doctor Strange. We don't believe him. Patrick Stewart mm-hmm. told Jamie Lovett of ComicBook.com in an interview talking about Star Trek that the mystery voice is an imitation. You know, people have been imitating my voice ever since I came on the stage 60 years ago, so I can't be held responsible for that. I have enough respect to not try to do an impression. I was just about Sir to Pat say. Stu. <laughs> I expected you to read that in his voice. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll do Tom Holland all day long. Sir Pat, Sir Patrick, can't do it. Can't do it. I mean, it's Patrick Stewart. We know it's you, Pat. Right? It. It's just so funny just seeing the lies like have to escalate themselves of like poor Andrew Garfield had to go through this for so long and had to openly lie like to people and just it, I, I feel so bad for him. And then now we just have to have this keep happening. It's like you could have just not put him in the trailer. You could have just not had that audio in there. And then it would have been a secret if you wanted to keep it a secret. Because now that he's having to bend over backwards and be like, oh, it wasn't me. It's just an impression. It's like, I, I, I don't believe you at all. It's, it's not a Photoshop. It's <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just the fact that he like <laughs> just, he's like, I, it's not me. It's that the recut TV version of the trailer has him rolling into scene towards the camera and coming into focus. And I'm like, Pat, my friend, what's going on here? I know you're you're you have to keep the company line, but like, does anybody believe this at this point? Like, no. And it's going to keep going too. Yeah, this just, makes me, this just makes me inevitably dread. Like, once we get to Secret Wars, anyone who has ever even oh. been in the background <laughs> of a Marvel movie is going to have to deal with this. And it is just going to be, I'm going to feel so bad for them. Like, I can't wait for Edward Norton's interviews. The like three dimensional chess of everybody having to lie or even just being asked about it in general is just going to be on a whole other level. Like I'm going to, it's just going to be so weird. I'm not, I appreciate this though. I'm not in secret wars. I'm not in secret wars, man. I can't, I don't don't know what that secret is. Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard. (laughs) (laughs) Was that a Terrence Howard impression? I don't know, man. I don't know. (laughs) I have no, I haven't talked to those people in years, man. Uh, <laughs> oh my god wow wow oh, wow what a show it already is uh i do believe ryan reynolds i think mm-hmm. I-, I could see deadpool not being in dr strange i do think he has filmed something deadpool for something i don't know what but i don't know if it's for doc- uh, dr strange i don't even know if that's 100 percent true uh but Patrick, I don't believe him. 
but I do think it makes it what much more fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that if, if the actors are just coming out there, yeah, I'm in the film, you know, I'm in the, 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 the there's this thing called the Illuminati. I'm in that. And like, no, you're not. Okay. Yes, you are. Now, I don't know. I don't know if it's true anymore. I appreciate it. Okay. And the final bit here from me before we move on to the next bit of news from Jenna Blade added Aaron Pierre. You may know him from Krypton to its movie in a mystery role. It's a substantial role, but we don't know what it is. Adam Barnhart (laughs) thinks uh, that he is going to be Hannibal King. He said so in an article and I'm going to pull up that article right now. Uh, so I can tell you all about why Adam Barnhart thinks that Aaron Pierre is Hannibal King in the Blade movie. He's, uh, the, he's the vampire uh, that, from the beach that makes people old. Yes. That's right. To yes, Ryan Reynolds played in the, yes. in the first Blade movies, which I need to rewatch. When's the last time you guys rewatched those Blade movies? Forever. It's been, I, it's been so long. It may have been theaters for me. <laughs> wow. No, there's no way. I definitely watched those since they came out. Uh, at home, like uh, wow. at least on like FX or something. Uh, all right. Pierce Hollywood star shooting straight to the top, having most recently appeared in both old and Barry Jenkins is the underground railroad. He's also been cast as the voice of Mufasa in Disney's Lion King prequel, also directed by Jenkins. Suffice to say between the size of the role and the actor is quickly crowding workload. Hannibal King is the ideal role. This is all the words of the legendary Adam Barnhart, who was invited on the show to voice this article himself. However, he is on the road. King has long been a supporting character of Blades, and he's made it to live action before, courtesy of Ryan Reynolds, nonetheless. Ever heard of that guy? He's not entirely unknown, say, like Rintra's status prior to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, Mantis prior to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, or even the entire roster of Chloe Zhao's Eternals. But he's also not a character beloved by many. He doesn't have the fandom of a Wolverine or Spider-Man archetype, allowing Pierre to really make the character his own. Furthermore, King is a recurring role that could not only pop up in the Blade film franchise, but the inevitable Midnight Suns team-up whenever that comes to be. Well, we're all rooting for that. That's still wishful thinking among the Adam Barnhart's and the Jim Viscardi's and all of us. But I know Adam and Jim are like tweeting about it. <laughs> Wait for this team up. And they put Moon Knight and Daredevil and they think they're so cute on Twitter. Whatever the case, <laughs> it's probably a safe bet. King will appear at some point in the Blade franchise. It's just a matter of when and where. So that's uh, who Adam thinks Aaron Pierre is going to play. I could definitely see it. Like, it is one of those things of, like, that is a lesser-known character, but it feels like one that could pop up in anything Midnight Suns adjacent, like, as we build to that team-up. I also just... He was very good on Krypton. Krypton is one of those shows that, like, I will evangelize about until the end of time. Everybody slept on that show. It got canceled way too soon. They were going to do, like, Ran Thanagar War stuff. It was going to be amazing, and then it got canceled. But, so, I'm always excited to see anyone from that cast getting more work, especially in this space, because they all are just so good. So, I'm on board whoever he's playing but Hannibal King would be a cool one Can I do want to shout out everybody who thought Aaron Pierre said Aaron Perrine yep. I was with that casting too yep. I want to see Aaron Perrine join the Blade movie that is how you get my money Kevin Feige I'm not going to see the movie well I, I am but, I'm, I, but I'll see it more if you cast Aaron Perrine so that's 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 yeah see people people thought see the comment section is coming to life now because they all were like find the papers i I thought (laughs) they cast phase zero in the mc it's just a matter of time we'll all we'll all be there we'll be the next crazy uh 
newscasters from Chattanooga with tattoos of Tony Stark and stuff. We'll, we'll all have different <laughs> different characters. It's manifest. Well, Jamie already has her tattoos. Exactly. Yeah. Got, we need to catch up. Yeah. yeah, we need to. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, I, if I may right. inject a little bit of chaos from Charlie. Uh, oh we were talking to Charlie yesterday about this when the news broke, and he was wondering if because we've already kind of met Blade, only kind of, um, in the MCU, could you actually have some more stealth Midnight Suns like building in the movie? And that's why we don't know anything yet, because mm-hmm. he thinks that Pierre is playing like he could be playing a uh, Ghost Rider. And I was like, oh. what? Like. Charlie, like you know, this is this is a classic. Charlie. If Charlie said it, it's definitely not true. Wow, <laughs> just blank, just like no one. He could be like the sky is blue, false. I shouldn't do that when Charlie's not here to defend himself. Yes, seriously. But I know, I, I know, could... but it's true. <laughs> Charlie, I hope you're watching. I would say that. See, here's the thing. I wouldn't say that about Charlie if I wouldn't say it to his face. Charlie knows I would say that, and I have said that to him. So. I I do believe it to some degree, not necessarily the ghostwriter of it all, but I I am like, I'm expecting this movie. I feel like every movie in phase four and beyond is not a true solo movie anymore. And especially when we are having a blade who does not seem to be at square one in his career. Like it seems like he's been around the block a couple of times. I think we are going to have a pretty good supporting cast in this movie. It's just, we won't necessarily know what all of those pieces are yet, but I feel like there is so much potential in terms of supporting characters. And then like, at the same time, I feel like Dane Whitman has to be in this movie. Like has that to has be. to be where you continue the storyline. Oh. So there has to be Midnight Sun set up in some capacity, even if it's just like a little team up with him. I'd, I'd go even further. I think Oscar Isaac's in this thing 100% too. too. I yeah, think he's I, totally so. in this. I would not 100%. be surprised if like Moon Knight coming out first this year is so that like he can then go film Blade and it's not like this big secret, like, oh, we have to hide him type thing. It's like, oh, yeah, we now know he's going to the Blade movie. And so. also the character from Jenna's most anticipated film of the year, Morbius, um, you know, should be. <laughs> no. No. Yo, yo, oh Pete. Man, no. Richard, clip ah. that. Clip that, please. Thank you. No. I, I, I thought you like you started saying most anticipated. I was like, oh, this is gonna be anything else, literally anything else, and then it was just Morbius. I, I, I need that movie to be out already so that Jenna texts me every that. morning and tells me how many days till Morbius. <laughs> She's just like, what? Well, oh, less yeah. sleep. Less <laughs> no sleep till Morbius. God, no. <laughs> No. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm the only was. person who seems to have on this show who seems to have any remote excitement. On Zelda in the comments is like, we're never getting Tyrese on this show. Never. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is true. Tyrese actually, Tyrese prob- probably thinks it wasn't even us who did that interview. Yeah. He probably, he's, yeah Morbius is in the MCU. Who did I say that to? <laughs> you told us to screen rant. You told it to our friend Rob Keys. <laughs> I swear. It was a variant of Brandon. I think it was he didn't have a beard. He's, he's a superior Brandon Davis. That's that was, was comicbookmovie.com. That was, that was not us. That was anybody but us. I'm just naming a bunch of very good websites. I know. I was like, respect don't, to don't drag websites. any of them through the mic. Kofi's like, no. yo, don't get my boy Rob hurt. I'm like, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Right, what is Tyrese going to do? <laughs> come on open up a corona uh all right we got one more piece of news here 
All right. Yeah. So I, I wish that I had had like one second of time. I would have looked up how many days until April 1st and like kept up the kayfabe that I actually care about Morbius, but I'm not going to do that. Um, but no, Brie Larson did an interview with Uproxx where she talked about the Marvels and she said that it is bonkers. Her quote was, when I read the script for the first time, I couldn't believe what I was reading. I was like, this is bonkers. It's the first thing that I love about Marvel is that they continue to reinvent. They continue to do the thing that you just would never think is possible with these films and they're not afraid to go there. What do y'all think that means? Because knowing Captain Marvel lore, there's so many different ways that that could take shape. I know like the the rumor mill, even just very early about this film has been like, it could be this storyline or it could be a completely different storyline. So I'm just excited to see what it is. What do y'all think? Brie Larson, she's so crazy. (laughs) 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 I I, kind of start, I'm starting to think that Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness could lead movies like Thor Love and Thunder the Marvels, mm-hmm. Wakanda Forever, pretty much everything that follows it to be multiverse stories. And I think the Marvels could end up doing like Ultimates and maybe we get some variants and different things like that that factor into it. We already saw Maria Rambeau's Captain Marvel in the Strange trailer. So if she survives that movie, if that variant survives the movie, then there's nothing to say that that script really won't be as bonkers as Brie Larson is, <laughs> is describing it to be. Aaron, what do you think? I think that that really seems to be a looming thing here. As we get more and more about Multiverse of Madness and you see more about it and the fact that so much of these movies is under wraps mm-hmm. past freaking Doctor Strange. Like people have been tweeting about it's 100, what is it, 39 days or whatever, or 134 days to Thor. And usually mm-hmm. we would have a trailer by now. And I'm like, the reason we probably don't have a trailer is because of Doctor Strange. Yeah. Like 100%. There is something weird in this movie that they're using Patrick Stewart's lovable face and this other stuff to like shield from us about these other projects that are coming later. And I would not be surprised at all if we get multiversal like fallout in each of them. You know what I mean? Why mm-hmm. it it doesn't it, there's something strange here that doesn't add up. And it's not just the silly mm-hmm. Easter egg stuff that we're all focusing on. I am really if if, if Captain Marvel 2 ends up just being a multiversal like road trip movie with <laughs> like Brie, Tatiana Paris, and like the alternate Maria Rambo, and then freaking Kamala as like, what, what is happening? There is some weird energy in this car. I am down with that. We can, you sign me up right now. I'll be super amped to sit there. But if it's weirder than that, I'm happy too, you know? I'm 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 optimistic and confident that the Marvels is going to be quite a bit better than Captain Marvel. I'm not a huge fan of the first Captain Marvel movie. I think that's largely because Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck as directors didn't feel like they put a really creative stamp on it. And I thought Brie Larson was better as Captain Marvel under the direction of the Russo brothers in the small bit that we got in Endgame. So I'm excited to see how she's grown with the character, how uh, Nia DaCosta... Did I say her name right? It's not mm-hmm. the cost. Of, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, like, cause Candyman has something to say. It has the director's stamp on it. And Nia is the cost of does is I think a very talented director. And I'm very excited to see what a new director and a bigger kind of cast. And with so much already, all that groundwork out of the way, I feel like Captain Marvel suffered a bit from having so much groundwork to be laid out that it was mm-hmm. all over the place in the beginning. Um, I, th- I think Marvel's has a chance to be really something crazy and big and fun and awesome. And I definitely think I'm going to like it more than the first one. 
Yeah. I mean, what's would you make anything of all this weird blue Marvel chatter? It's because of the toys that was going on earlier this week. Like people were so people are still carrying so many wounds from WandaVision. It's very funny. Like it's just like an aside. There are so many still open, fresh wounds from the series about Boner, about mm-hmm. freaking <laughs> Aerospace Engineer, about all that stuff. So if if it would be hilarious if it all ended up being true after the fact and everybody was freaking out for no reason. Like, I still think they need to introduce an aerospace engineer. <laughs> I still think, but the, and they if they wanted to, and they got one mulligan, they can retcon Ralph Boner, um, yeah. unless you're Charlie, who likes that, who thought that was a brave, good, ambitious move. To, but and like going back to our last story, I did see a couple people speculate of like, what if Aaron Pierre is playing Mephisto? So it's like we are going to have all of these lingering WandaVision questions until the end of time, it feels like. Until they all get answered, it's we're all just going to be still speculating about WandaVision. And, and the funny thing is that we've had a thing happen in the last week that shows you that some of the things that people are like, it's a plot hole, are left open for a reason. You, mm-hmm. I'm sure you've both seen the No Way Home writers interviews uh-huh. where they yeah. talk about, yo, you guys are complaining about this being a, a, a hole. It's not. It's just we can't tell you what it is right now. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that's 80% of the stuff that happens that gets left in these movies. I can't explain to you how much I wish I could hear what the process is like when these things change, because like uh, they have ideas. The writers of no way home have their ideas for how that affects it. We might never see those ideas just like, and also like we've had this conversation before about how Spider-Man was supposed to come after Dr. Strange. We'll never really know the full story of what that changed, why it changed that way, like what led to it. And what was Spider-Man 3 going to be? What was Doctor Strange going to be? What was Scott Derrickson going to do with Doctor Strange? Like, I would really just like, I don't think that hearing those stories would damage the product that we get, but I, I respect them keeping those because they're still stories they might do in the future. But I find that stuff to be so interesting. I would really love to hear what goes on behind the scenes when those sort of changes happen. You, you want the duel of the fate script for Spider-Man 3 yeah. is what, what I hear it here. That's what you want. And that that didn't cause any problems or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't ask for much. I don't ask for much. Um, we'll get them in like 50 years. Like after all of the like tell all books come out after everything, it's like, okay, fine. Here you go. If anyone is still around to actually enjoy this, here you go. <laughs> Kofi says, you don't want that Star Wars smoke. Uh, and the last thing, I'm just going to throw this in here real quick. I don't, I don't know that there's much to talk about here. Craven the Hunter cast Chameleon oh, yeah. this week. Uh, Fred Hessinger, did I say his name right? I think so. Hatchanger. Sorry, dude. I'll, I promise I'll learn it because I'll probably talk to you at some point. And I think <laughs> you're awesome. Uh, but Fred Hashinger is playing uh, Chameleon. And that is that, the Craven the Hunter movie. They swear it's happening. And with I, that, I liked hat. him in White Lotus. He was very good in White Lotus. So I'm excited to see him get, get absolutely unhinged in this role with Chameleon. I've, yeah, well, who's he going to become? And that is our break point. We'll come back with a big little debate about Marvel movies in the second half of the show. I think it's like the last third of the show. But anyway, see you in a minute.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Phase Zero Season 2, Episode 7, where we sing intros on the day. I don't know. Uh, we're going to talk about the most under, underrated and misunderstood Marvel movies and what makes them great in our eyes. Each of us are going to pick one. So, who wants to go first? I will if I have to. You kind of presented to? this whole debate, so if you could go first. Technically, Aaron presented this That's debate. That's fair. It's true. Um, I, I can go first. Okay. Um, after you after what you said about Captain Marvel, I almost wanted to pick Captain Marvel. I, know. I thought about that, <laughs> but I'm not going to do that. Instead, oh. I'm going to do the well-worn thing. Are you a big Captain Marvel fan? The movie? I, I am. I think that it's like weird, and this is like hard to prove, right? And especially with film, it's all really like subjective, right? But I feel like they were emulating 90 superhero films mm. on purpose as like an active choice to like communicate that this is the time and the place. Cause a lot of that stuff feels like something I would watch on FX <laughs> circa 2007, like drinking Kool-Aid on the couch, <laughs> like scheming on tomorrow, ultimate Frisbee outside in the front lawn. It's going to be live. Like that vibe is like definitely there. Um, but I don't know, but there's no way to prove that that's what happened, which is the problem. <laughs> yeah, There's no way to prove any of that at all. So but I liked it. I thought it was interesting. I think it's fine. Mm. I don't. I don't think it's bad. I just think it's. It's not my favorite Marvel movie. Right. Exactly. Like, if like we, in, in the inevitable. and that's the thing is, well, yeah. Also, if we don't love it, we hate it in the eyes of Twitter and the audience. So I don't know. Okay. I, I, I'm pretty much neither on Captain Marvel the movie. I, I love the character. I promise y'all in BD's like eventual rankings, it's not going to be in the bottom third. I don't think. I don't Hopefully. think so. I don't think so. So you don't have to attack him. It's fine. Uh, but <laughs> it might be one of those scenarios where, like, the Marvels makes him like Captain Marvel more. Oh yeah, like, that can happen. Yeah, like a Dark World scenario. That's true. That's like true. A, forcing us to take our medicine is the theme of late Phase Three and early Phase Four. <laughs> it's like if you don't like this, you're gonna have to deal with it. You're gonna have to watch it again. Like, listen, all y'all who didn't like What If, you're gonna have to read. You're gonna have to binge it before Doctor Strange too. I like Kofi's comment here. The script screwed itself. You can't be a brainwashed deadpan soldier and the charismatic icon that Carol fans love. Yeah, I want, I really like Carol Danvers, who remembers being Carol Danvers. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the movie deprived me of that a bit, but mm -hmm. I understand why. Okay, well, there we go. Um, I. Oh my I, God, differing opinions and we're still friends? Yeah. <laughs> I know, can you believe it? A wild, wild concept. It's a big multiverse out there, Brandon. It's yep. a big Ooh. multiverse out there. There are variants of me who hate that movie and variants of me who have the poster above their bed just first thing they see in the morning. It's crazy. I, I do have the poster in my bedroom. So <laughs> that's Dude, why nice. I'm kind of sitting out. A lot of, I, I bought the Mondo poster. So. G Genesis oh, nice. Parallel, confirmed. <laughs> There you go. Uh, what movie are you defending? I am defending Spider-Man 3. Because that's, that's the one. Choice. 
That oh. yeah, I know. I, I, it's like a lot of people's least favorite out of all of those. I really, really enjoy it, and I can't completely separate it from nostalgia. But it's not like the train wreck that everybody pretended it was in the early tens and midway through the decade. The dancing is a part of it. I think that some of the quote unquote like corniness of that middle part where he's like bully Parker really, really fits in with Sam Raimi's like aesthetic, his rectorial choices, the way he guides Peter as like this nerd. He is a love of deep love of like the Ditko early Peter Parker. And he is kind of a dweeb. He is a pretty big dweeb in those early Spider-Man books. He's not like very cool at all. There's a lot of sweater vest action going on in the early Dick Cobras. Sweater vests are back, by the way, just so y'all know. Um, but I think <laughs> that there's a definite sort of like charm. The charm of those movies is still there. And like in spades, the cast still largely works, even though it's overstuffed a little bit. And especially when you put it like the ultimate test of these to me is that if you put them against movies in their time, how do they stack up? And you would never say it was the worst superhero movie of that era, like at all. There's at least three or four of them that I'm not going to list here because I don't want the smoke from the rest of y'all <laughs> about what I would put in the bottom of this of that ranking of that mid 2000s, because there was a lot of stuff that was out there that I was like, hmm. Some stuff you might see later. Who knows? You know, the multiverse is open. I can't badmouth some of those movies because who knows? They might come back. We might need to talk to them. Um, but yeah, I really, really enjoy that movie still, despite maybe some faults. It is really fun. I think in my rankings for any of these Marvel movies, if we did all the Marvel movies, which, by the way, that's not happening in one podcast. That's too <laughs> chonky for this, for this platform. We had to separate it up. We, we would have to separate it. Rank the MCU movies, but I promise you, it will be my last day yeah. as the Phase Zero host, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I'm about to be here for a couple more years. So, awesome. <laughs> keep waiting, so. keep waiting, keep stay tuned. Ooh. But yeah, that that was my pick. Spider-Man Three. I see. Yeah. I respect you, Aaron. Yeah, I respect the choice. I respect the effort to defend Spider-Man Three. I just think Spider-Man 3 was such a strong diversion from the first two Spider-Man movies that that is why it is it is not rated high. I think it is rated appropriately. I don't hate Spider-Man 3. I like it a lot less than I like Captain Marvel for perspective. Like I think Captain <laughs> Marvel's fine. I, I would put Spider-Man less than fine, but Spider-Man 3 less than fine. But yeah, some of that stuff is pretty distracting and the legacy of that movie is uh but sandman was cool i mean that top of the doing doing work i just think it's funny because everything hokey about spider-man gets wrapped into spider-man later like you would have been saying that about spider buggy if this was 25 years ago and we might see that in live action or in spider-verse part one possibly like there's a whole bunch of stuff that doesn't age well that ends up being like beloved later i mean i always bring up People were hating Miles Morales when it came out. I was there. I was on the ground. We was outside <laughs> back then. People did not like it when it happened. And now, look what happened. That's all I'm going to say. That's all. <laughs> well, it has been like 20 years, though. How much longer do you need? How much longer do you need? It's in freaking all the stuff. Like, I, man, okay, if, if there's not a bit of Spider-Man No Way Home 
where they're all doing the dance together and those special features, <laughs> it's not worth buying that. That's room. fair. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. They, that, okay. they probably left that on the cutting room floor and they shouldn't have. Lean into Jenna, it. I wanted, Jenna, any thoughts on uh, Spider-Man 3? No, I honestly agree with Aaron. Like, it is one of the movies that, like, anytime it is on TV, I am immediately going to sit down and watch the entire thing, even if it is partway through. Because it, yes, it is corny. Yes, there are things that they don't necessarily do right. But it is incredibly entertaining and watchable. And it knows like he said, kind of the Ditko era Spider-Man and how to lean into that in the most silly mid 2000s way that you possibly could. So I agree. I think it is incredibly watchable. It's not necessarily good, but like good movies, like watchable movies and entertaining, entertaining movies don't always have to be good. So I can enjoy it for what it is. Man, what I wouldn't give to hear Charlie talk about this, this conversation, <laughs> what movie would he have picked? Uh, all right, Jenna, Mira, you want to rock, paper, scissors for it? I, I can go. I can go. Okay. Right. I was, I was like debating back and forth, like what, what to go with. Like you had mentioned in our Slack chat, you were like, oh, don't do Howard the Duck. I almost did Howard the Duck. <laughs> I, almost was like, I almost was like, should I do like the Generation X, like TV pilot that was technically a movie because it's feature length and it's only available on YouTube and it is so bad. It's deeply entertaining. Um, but then like, I ultimately just kind of settled on what I'm most willing to defend, which is um, Daredevil. 2003. Yes! Um, this is one of those movies that I think has a lot of what Aaron was saying about Spider-Man. I think it is this thing where compared to the era and compared to movies of the era, it knows exactly how to be an action movie of the mid 2000s. Does that necessarily mean it's a good Daredevil movie? Not a hundred percent, but it is incredibly ambitious in the lore that it is bringing in. Like the, when you sit and watch that movie, even just the theatrical cut, like not the director's cut, and you see how much they are able to work into that movie in such a short span of time. It, it's honestly kind of impressive. And it's the kind of thing that would normally take like an entire trilogy of superhero movies today. So I think it is, it is another one of those movies where I will, I will rewatch it. If it is ever on, I will like pop on the DVD every so often. My boyfriend's brother got us a set of the trading cards for like a couple Christmases ago. So we just have a binder full of daredevil trading cards from like the 2003 movie. I like, it is just so unabashedly mid 2000s, but there's so much to chew on. And it is like the music choices and the aesthetic choices, like their little basketball fight scene on like the like that whole thing. And then like Electra cutting down stuff to Evanescence. It is so 2003. It could not be more 2003 if it tried, but it does so in a way that is incredibly charming to me. If I had like a just wish list of people I would want in Secret Wars, I would want Ben Affleck and Jennifer Gardner to agree to come back. Yeah, they showed up. My just favorite for, like, song, sing second, it. It would be amazing. I would be so happy. And they have to come out to Evanescence. Absolutely, and then we have to have John Favreau there too. We need to have him there as Foggy, just to really tie it all together. Yeah, I, I, I love Daredevil. Agree <laughs> with every single word Jenna just said. Daredevil, I was 12 years old and I <laughs> loved it. <laughs> Daredevil, it, I mean, listen, if it came out today, I'd be like, well, what the hell is going on here? But it came out 20 years ago and that leather Daredevil suit. We got an Electra spinoff movie that I don't remember a single detail about other nope. than Jennifer Garner. <laughs> Twisting the thing. We thought Daredevil was dead, but then he wasn't. Ah! I, yo, give me and again, the director's cut is actually really good. Like if you watch the R-rated director's cut, it it holds up much more than you would expect. I'm gonna rewatch Daredevil soon. <laughs> awesome. It's it's now on the top of my list. Great case, Jenna. Aaron, do you have Daredevil thoughts? 
Uh, I do. I mean, I think that for people who were there on the ground and for people who were there, like, I think that having a unified vision for these things matters like a ton. Like that's, that's one of your main criticisms people love to throw at the MCU movies is that there's not a strong enough directorial hand on a lot of their efforts, but you can't say that about Daredevil. Choices were made. You can disagree whether they're good or they're bad. Colin Farrell was having a blast. I know. They went in full. They went in full throttle, like cannonball in the deep end of the water. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh, I I don't have super super strong feelings, but I can see in you guys' conviction that it made an impact on people. You know what I mean? I, I I'm not as huge on it, and also. The, the it's hard okay so like I, I i'm a sports fan right it's hard when you're when you're in when you have to inhabit a legacy of different people and follow certain performances up and for most people who are younger like charlie cox is there though like open i shut. mean yeah but michael yeah. clark duncan was the first kingpin let's <laughs> see listen listen Ramy, bring it go ahead and have that happen i, I will be i'll buy six tickets to multiverse of madness if you find some way to wrap all of them into it you recreate like listen we, we that's pointing meme earlier is child's play have it with the daredevil casts and now you got me six ways all the way around and then benedict come back to me like who are all of you <laughs> i've never met any of you in my life who the heck are all of you um but yeah i just i think that that's really kind of like at the core of a lot of this stuff too is that the things that have a directorial like really like heavy hand on them that like make choices and do certain things like end up holding up better for fans mm-hmm. than things where they kind of just go uh and we're just here you know like I, that that's where i'm coming from for it i obviously don't have the same affection for you but all you in the <laughs> chat talk about evanescence i went to a fye in 2000 what was that probably 2002 2001 and bought that that is somewhere in my mama's house right now <laughs> Bought the whole CD off the strength of one single. Wake me up. Early 2000s were a different time. That song was also in Kingdom Hearts. Just everything that song was in was special. Very special. That's true. Everyone in the chat is speculating what your movie's going to be. There's like Blade Trinity or like X-Men or Wolverine. Now I'm going to disappoint everybody because honestly, in Deadpool... When when he made the joke about he looked like you're ready for a midnight screening of Blade Trinity, I was like, I I, I did go to a midnight screening of Blade Trinity. That's true, I did. Uh, I also thought about doing Fantastic Four strictly because I love Chris Evans as Johnny Storm. Um, I also thought about doing The Incredible Hulk, but I'm going to rewatch that soon, so I'm not doing that. I'm just go- I feel like mine's be disappointing. I'm doing Avengers: Age of Ultron. I think it's underrated. And I think it was underrated by me when I watched it the first time. I think it is underrated by a lot of people. I think it was compared to the first Avengers and looked at as a stepping stone to Captain America Civil War, when really Avengers Age of Ultron had a lot to offer the MCU. Not only did it offer Ultron, who is coming back in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, we got Ultron bots back in the mix. It gave us Wanda Maximoff. It gave us the only good Hawkeye moment in the MCU at that point when he told Wanda she's an Avenger now. It gave us vision. It started like, oh, it, it started bringing OP characters to the MCU, which I kind of have my gripes with, but it worked in this one. Vision was like pretty OP, but also figuring it out. So it was like we got to work with him for the first time. It gave us the tease of that up there. That's the end game. Like I think Avengers Age of Ultron did so much seed planting and kind of concept introduction and it started on that continuous shot 
uh, of them all fighting in the snow, which was awesome. I really think Age of Ultron is very much an underrated film uh, that I, I overlooked when it came out because it wasn't, it didn't feel as new as the first Avengers did and exciting and kind of cohesive. But then when you look back at it, it's like, well, Age of Ultron is uh, actually a pretty good movie. So I feel, yeah, I played it safe, I guess. Damn, I suck. <laughs> I suck. But nobody's going to argue that Age of Ultron is a bad movie. I guess that, you know, whatever. Daredevil, I think Jenna wins. <laughs> My thing with Ultron is like I the hype I felt going into that movie was like unmatched like that. Those trailers that came out before that movie set me up and then like the movie did not deliver in the same sort of degree. But I still at the same time rode the high of loving that movie when it initially came out. But then I remember maybe like a year or so later, like rewatching a lot of MCU movies before we were going to go see, um, I think, Civil War. And I was like, huh this movie already feels outdated. Like as I'm watching this, maybe a year and a half after it had come out, but there are, there are things of it that I individually like, like there are moments, like you said, like the Hawkeye moment and stuff that I'm like, I, I can appreciate this for what it is, but at the same time, I don't know if it's necessarily my favorite, but I totally respect you kind of defending it in that way. The black widow storyline was terrible. Yes, absolutely. Without that was absolute garbage. I was uncomfortable watching that. And I was also like, aren't we past this? with yeah. female characters. Like, why does she need to be a love interest? This seems out of nowhere. That is my biggest criticism of Age of Ultron. The Hulk yeah. and Black Widow thing was out of left field and stupid. And it felt reductive to Black Widow as a character. Um, once you get uh, everything else about the movie, if you can get past that, I think it's quite good. I think it's just uh, a so. thing of like the the Steve Nat stuff becomes like, or the Bruce Nat stuff becomes like such a huge part of the movie by the end of it, of like her being a damsel in distress that they all have to go save. And then like her whole thing of like, oh, I'm broken because I can't have children and stuff. So that does kind of muddy it for me. Like I can still appreciate it and individual elements of it. But yeah, I, I'm not I'm not about to rewatch Age of Ultron at any available opportunity because there are so many things about it that kind of annoy me. I take my pick back. I'm so pissed about what Joss Whedon <laughs> did with Black Widow that I I revoke my pick. Actually, just just defend defend Blade Trinity just over for like the next. <laughs> I need to minutes. rewatch the Blade movies. Uh, you know what? Punisher 2004, great film, fantastic film. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas Jane, another one where John Travolta ends yeah. and he has to like hold the thing up, and if his arm gets tired, it's going to fall, and the whole building's going to blow up. Come See, on. I wish Jamie were here because she would have she would have so many thoughts on that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Well, comment section. This is your chance. Right now, we have about a minute left on the show. So, if there is a movie or show that is a Marvel, it could be MCU or otherwise that you think is severely underrated and misunderstood, please drop it in the comment section. We will read your thoughts aloud. If you're listening to us as a podcast, tweet us, and we will. Uh, tell you why you're wrong Thor: the dark world Thor: the dark world gets hated on for absolutely no reason i said it i said it venom gets the hate it deserves agents of shield is top tier mcu uh, haven't finished it so i can't agree or disagree i will say for bringing in shows the modok show from last year is incredibly underrated that was one of the most delightful shows i watched last year i highly recommend it it was on hulu right yes yeah. Doctor Strange. I don't think Doctor Strange is kind of underrated. I think it's just not discussed. New Mutants. That was not a good film. Uh, Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer. Is that the one where Galactus was a cloud? No, I thought that was, uh, was the first one. I thought that was the 2015 one. I don't know, though. 
Rise of Silver know. Surfer is the one with the cloud, I think, right? Oh. What is the point of Silver Surfer being there if he's not in it? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Iron Man 2 says Layla. I, I can't really defend Iron Man 2. Iron Man 2 <laughs> has scenes that I really enjoy, but uh, for the most part, Burt, want my Burt. There it is. There's your impression for today's show. Uh, Hit Monkey is underrated but fun. I haven't watched Hit Monkey. I've heard it's really good. Cloak and Dagger. Charlie loves Cloak and Dagger. The Incredible that. Hulk. I'm doing a rewatch of The Incredible Hulk. You know what I just did this morning? I watched the trailer for The Incredible Hulk. It is an absolute. It is so I'm 2008. Helpful. It is crazy how far we've come with films and trailers. Uh, and that's that's a good way to leave it. The Incredible Hulk. Actually, 2003. Ang Lee's Hulk. Great film. Yes. Great film. <laughs> Great film. Eric Bana killed it. I I am a, a, at least when I was a kid, I loved. Like I, th- I thought Hulk was scary. He was a destructive, like monster that could come out that couldn't be contained. And I hope the MCU starts offering that again someday, uh, because not, like uh, an under control, smart Hulk all the time. Hmm, I'm over it. I'm over it. Let's just see what She Hulk does though. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see She Hulk. All right, y'all. That is our show today. What a show it was. I was looking at today's show like, man, we don't have a lot to talk about. Here we are an hour later. We never ran out. Uh, Jenna, any parting words for today's show? Um, go read some comics and follow me on Twitter at Hey, it's Jenna Lynn. Aaron. Uh, it's at Summer Lake Hornet. And I would highly encourage Marvel's History of Black Panther podcast with Nick Stone. It's a good, good listen. If you're not listening to us, you can fill your ear holes with that too. That's a perfect segue. If you're still in traffic, if you're still at the gym, if you're still just at home, whatever you are at work, listen to podcasts. There you go. Straight to the next one. But thank you for listening to us first. Yes. And uh, if you're listening on Twitch, make sure you follow the Twitch channel. We are live every Wednesday. If you're listening to us on Spotify, they allow ratings now. So go ahead and leave us a positive review because you love us. Merch coming soon. So we'll remember your reviews. Maybe we'll have some T-shirts to offer people. And uh, that is our show. Congrats to Blaurowski starting a new job on Monday. I'm BD. Hit me up at Brandon Davis BD. Go follow the Batman coverage. Go read the site. Lots of good stuff from Aaron and Jenna. And everybody on the comicbook.com team, oh, Viscardi Vendetta showed up. Get out of here, Viscardi. The show's (laughs) over.